No timeouts remaining. They now have it at the Pittsburgh 35, needing a touchdown. Deep drop, love, sidearm delivery, caught by Jones. Jones trying to work his way upfield. He went the wrong way. Would have been better off going towards the sideline and out of bounds. Instead, the clock is moving. Down to 35 seconds left, no gain on the play. We checked the ball down to Aaron Jones. I thought there was an opportunity to get out of bounds right there, and we didn't. And that was critical because that wasted a ton of time. Um, and it... it we would have had a couple opportunities at the end of the game. It was like 20 seconds or so. It felt like forever. Let's go now. Little life out here. What the hell's going on out here? Hey, what about that now? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And it's a loss. It's another loss. It's another painful one. I'm here straight after the game. So I haven't read articles. I haven't listened to podcasts. Not that I do. But anyway, um, and I'm here to give you the sort of what I feel about it and what it all comes down to. Look, we watch the game or if you haven't watched the game, welcome along. Um, I did ask for your opinion after every game. I like to read out what you guys are saying. And it was surprisingly positive and optimistic this week, which is good. Um, but the game really sort of comes down to to one thing. And un- unfortunately, I'm going to talk about um, uh, a tight end that's no longer on the Packers and just sort of talk about the coaching staff and you know this sort of headhunting stuff. Let me just say off the top, um, the expectation for this season was, I guess, needed to be low, right? Is because we've a really young roster and we're injured and all this. Look, even today, Jair Alexander was out, right? At the very end. Now, did it make a difference? I've sort of had this discussion on the podcast before. I don't know. I have no idea, but it didn't help. Uh, we couldn't shore up the run. Not that Jair is in there to shore up the run. Um, and I'll go down through sort of a play-by-play. I, I took my notes a little bit different and... Uh, some of the stuff that sort of pops out is pretty um, glaring. But what I would say is, is in a game like this, particularly against this scrappy Steelers team, um, everything, it's on a knife edge, right? Is that the Steelers have this really annoying way of eking out games this season. Every single game that they've won is by one score or less, and they've done it again. They've won six games now, including airs, and they've won it by one score, and they've been out, played by every opponent that they've come up against. And to give you an example, the total yards in this game for the Packers was 399, for the Steelers was 324. So again, with more total yards, our passing yards was over double, 283, they've 119. You can say, well, that's because they went down. Not really, because when you look at their box score and look at what Jordan Love versus uh, Pickett did, Pickett had no touchdowns. Um, They let the rushing game do it. Rushing yards, they nearly double gained us in that regard. We had 116, they had 205. Uh, but yards per play, we beat them 6.1 to 5.4. Um, third down efficiency, we were pretty much 0.5, so 8 out of 16. We completed 2 out of 2. Fourth down efficiencies, they got 4 out of 13 third downs. Uh, we allowed the same amount of sacks. We had less punts. Uh, we had slightly more penalty yards. But they kind of came at the wrong time as well. And of course, we had more interceptions. The time of possession is painfully close. Um, it was nearly 50-50 by the end of it. And I said this coming into this game, and when you look at Pittsburgh and the way they've played everybody else, um, we pretty much beat Pittsburgh on every facet of this game. So what did it come down to then? Well, obviously, run obviously, uh, run defense on our side was shocking. 
But I'm going to go down through the defensive stands, and it's annoying because, it, you know, it's the Packers' defensive way is to put up a fight and then give up one run that's pretty devastating or a penalty that moves them along. Um, I think at the beginning of the game, the problem was is that we were giving Pittsburgh great field position which was bad. Uh, there was a few dodgy refs calls. But really, the, what this game comes down to, unfortunately, is the missed uh, PAT. And LaFleur said that in his press conference, is that literally that changed every decision. When a, when a game... Look, it's as simple as this. When you have a team as young as we do, we can't afford to make many mistakes. Um, you need it to go as perfect as it kind of can go with these young players. And you need your veteran players to play well and lead the way and go on point. Now, I think Aaron Jones is a fantastic human being. He's by far the best player, most important player for the Packers. And I've said that before. That was evidenced by our win against the Rams last week. You know, he was back to arguably full health and it showed we won. And when you get him up over a certain yardage, you're nearly guaranteed a win. But there was a couple of things he did in this game, I think, that really cost the Packers. And one was called out by LaFleur. And I'm surprised LaFleur did it. Uh, because I think the only person you really have to lean on is Aaron Jones. The person that you need in this offense is Aaron Jones. Uh, 33 went up to Dontavian Wicks last week. And there's that famous, now famous, uh, video of him sort of ba- literally keeping Dontavian Wicks's head up after he made a mistake. I think Jonesy for this offense is just so important. Uh, because of how good of a player he is, uh, how big of a hole he left when he was out, and what he does for morale. So I was very surprised that LaFleur kind of called him out at the end of the game. But I would say probably the way Jones works is is that if there's anybody that's going to beat him up over this, it's not LaFleur, I think it's Jones himself. But that was a massive error. And then there was a trick play um, earlier in the game, and I will go down through it. You know, Love goes to... I think it was Reed, and then Reed goes back across Aaron Jones and he drops the ball. You know, it's it's very unlike him to to do things like that. And I think when you really need everything to go your way to get a win in this league, particularly when your offense, you know, when when your GM has handed you uh, babies on offense, you really need your experienced players to play well. And it just didn't go the way. But look, that missed PAT. Uh, the Packers were well within field goal range. We popped the field goal over. We tie up the game and God knows where it could go. And it just didn't pan out. Now, does that sort of... Um, to compound the issue is when you get a bad ref's call. So there was that sort of lateral pass. It was quite clearly lateral. The floor was very outspoken about that as well. And they deemed that to be a forward pass and it totally wasn't. And all of this BS about, oh, well, there wasn't enough on the... There is. Like, it was, it was being released at the time. There was enough to overrule that play on the field. And unfortunately, you know, and all of this nonsense usually rings true. And it is this. Is that you never want the game to come down to a missed field goal. Because then you've put your kicker in the wrong position. You know, you never want it to come down to a one bad refereeing decision and in fact the refereeing decision was very impactful in the sense that they blew that play up and Rashan Gary and Nixon ended up getting the ball and going over for a touchdown that could have changed the whole fabric of this game now what I would say is is that the Steelers have been uncannily good at coming back later in games very similar Spider-Man memeing the Packers so could they have come back from being down yes uh, so look it's not all to be all and hand all and it's it's very easy to kind of you know, look at these things and go, oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Uh, but there's a lot of things that kind of went against us and Carlson was related and involved in two of them. 
Uh, there was the kick out of bounds, first off, which pulled the ball back to the Steelers' 40, which gave them good field position. Um, and they ended up going down and scoring um, a touchdown on that one. So we basically gave up seven points with the short field position. Um, and there was the Nixon interception that was ruled out. He should have got two feet down. You know, it's all these little things that compounded together. However, not to be too negative, I, th- I think it all comes down to, did we see positives in the offense? Because that was the part that was lacking. And yes, the, it, undoubtedly the answer is yes. Uh, but there was too many little mistakes that kind of even read, um, you know, just muffing and spilling the ball. It didn't end up poorly, but it could have. So let's have a look at the defense. Now, what I mean, what do I mean by it was the small little things that kind of compounded? Well, uh, we kicked the ball away to start the game. Uh, Najee Harris, five yards. Then Pickens, five yards. It's a first down. Then Hayward gets the pass for 13 yards. It's another first down. Then Najee Harris, Kenny Clark comes in and we stop him, but then we give him another run. He goes for seven yards. Then it's an incomplete pass on third and three. And you're thinking, brilliant. You know, three, we stopped him. Our offense are going to come out. Then there's a penalty on Valentine of pass interference. And that costs us 17 yards. And then their next play that they run is with Warren. He goes for 12 yards. It's a pass for six yards. It's a Najee Harris run for six yards. And then it's a very easy run in for a touchdown. So again, there were three and gone on that and if it wasn't for Valentine's penalty and that gave them a touchdown we responded really really well and there was some fantastic plays in there there was a pass play to Watson to open it up for 9 yards there was a Watson pass two time, two plays after that for 14 yards a pass to Wicks for 23 yards there was a beautiful sidearm pass to Watson um, later which didn't amount to anything but then it was a Dubs touchdown 7 all. so like there was some nice chunk yardage there in the pass game um, and we started off fairly because this this was what people were giving out about, right? That the start of the game was scripted and they weren't getting any purchase over it. But here's pass, run, pass, run, pass, pass, run, run, and pass, pass. So it's very, very balanced, and it worked out. This is where Carlson kicks the ball out of bounds, and the Steelers start on their own forty. Uh, Washington pass goes for six yards, Warren three yards, and then the quarterback sneak goes for a yard back on first and ten. Then we let Warren run for nine yards. And this is where Kenny Clark comes down with a missed tackle. And this is one of three on this drive. So, you know, we have the first touchdown being given up because Valentine gives up 17 yards on a penalty. We have a first down that goes for nine yards. And that's because Clark misses the tackle. Then Harris runs for 11 yards straight after. Valentine has to come in and make the tackle. who got absolutely picked on. Uh, then later on in that drive, a pass goes to Warren for three yards. Ford has a missed tackle. And then at the very end, when they score their other touchdown, Warren runs for 16 yards. And guess who? Ford. Ford misses that tackle again. So there's three missed tackles on the second defensive stand, you know, which doesn't help. So your offense has to come out and respond, right? First and 10, it's a run. Jonesy, two yards, not great. Uh, second and eight, it's a pass to Kraft. Um, it's incomplete. And then on third and eight, the pass is to Watson. And it's right into his hands and he bobbles and he drops it. And then we have to punt the ball away and the Steelers end up starting on their own 46 because they return it. So let's remind ourselves. On the first defensive drive, we have the Valentine pass interference for 17 yards and some chunk yardage on runs. On the second defensive stand, we have three missed tackles, which ends up um, in a touchdown for the Steelers. They're up one score, 14-7. And then when we eventually come out, Watson has the chance 
to catch the ball and try to get over for the first down and he bobbles it. And that's one of a couple of drop passes. So you can see how it's compounding already. We've penalties, we've missed tackles uh, from experienced people. We've bobbled passes that are dropped. So the defense come out again and we start off with fantastic defensive pressure. We get a sack, uh, but that's ruled out by Jonathan Holmes. Uh, legal contact. And so they get a go with it again. First and 10, uh, pick it for four yards. Great defensive pressure again. They flush the quarterback out. And then on the next one is second and six and four runs for five yards. And it's a Van Ness missed tackle. And they keep the offense out for the Steelers on fourth and one. And it's sort of this toss to Warren and he goes for eight yards. Then Preston Smith comes in uh, with a sack, does really well, um, sort of plugs them for seven yards. And then they go for a run on the pass at the Pittsburgh timeout and Boswell kicks over the field goal. So again, a kind of a mixed bag. You know, we get the sack, we push them back. <laughs> Way. Uh, and then Jonathan Owens comes in and uh, has illegal contact. And that wouldn't be the only time that sort of Jones or Owens annoyed me in this game. Uh, there was a play much later on and it, the quarterback was on the run for the Steelers and Owens just doesn't shed his block and look back. You know, he's kind of just out in no man's land, completely oblivious. Um, and then ends up, uh, I think they give up a first first down. But now we look at 17-7, uh, the offense come out again. And I was looking at old footage of Vince Lombardi and Vince Lombardi teaches football. And he said that, and who's to argue against Vince Lombardi, but he says that um, games come down to four big plays and you never really know when those big plays are going to happen. But you need to be prepared for when they do. And on the third offensive possession, um, there's incomplete passes. There's sort of short runs by Jones, short runs by Love when he's flushed out. We had to deal with TJ Watt in this game um, as well. And there's a lot to be said for that. But on one of these, it's, a, it's the Dylan run. It's He goes for 40 yards against Neil. It's unbelievable. And it puts us on the 29-yard line, which really helps us out because we kind of we were stuttering there. Uh, there's a second and 16 then after Love gets sacked by TJ Watt. And the ball goes to Wicks and it's incomplete. But to me, that's another catchable ball. So it doesn't sort of act as a drop. And there's always this criticism of like, oh, he didn't put the ball exactly where he needed to put the ball. I mean, sometimes the ball has to come out high. And that's what happened here. It's a very catchable ball. And at this point, I was like, great, third and 16, you know, and that ball could have been caught. Uh, but Reed makes up for uh, all of the errors and he and he pulls it down. And this is where the extra point is blocked. So this is where the game is doomed from, basically. Because once we miss that extra point, we're kind of screwballed because it really skews the way the game is going to be called. And my sort of heart goes out a bit to Matt LaFleur is because all, up until last week, the you know we fell behind in games. There's brain fart moments. There's drops. There's you know Jones is out. The offensive line is trash. Um, apparently even today, um, tonight, Josh Neumann came out and tried to play, but he couldn't, so he had to go and uh, make way. And I think Rashid Walker did an honourable enough job, uh, you know, with what he was up against. So this is where the game kind of goes downhill. Because, and not downhill because I think we put up a good fight, but the extra point is blocked. Now it's 17-13 instead of 17-14. Um, and so now we're, we're four points off the mark. It's The defense comes out now, there's a passing pitch. Then this is where the lateral pass comes in. And the rest blew it up early. Um, we would have went over for the touchdown. It's third and nine. It's an incomplete pass to Hayward. And the Steelers punt. It gives us great field position. But within this, I mean, 
you know, we, we could have been up, well, down by four points or three points and come back and score the touchdown. Um, and that would have put us in the opposite position is that they would have needed more than a field goal. Um, and this is where the game really pivots. Um, so look, our offense come out and we made the stand. It's kind of a bit ropey uh, coming up to half time, And we're looking for a score here to kind of go in positive. First and 10, incomplete pass. Second and 10, six yards, uh, Jones run. And then a third and four, it's an incomplete pass to Jones. And we have to punt the ball away. And we get gouged now. And I'm glad that they didn't. And I guess this is the this would have been the problem had we sort of went up heavy and we made them pass. The next possession just before halftime shows kind of what they were capable of. First and 10, they went to Johnson for 17 yards with a pass. First and 10 again, they go to Pickens for 12 yards with a pass. And then it's to Harris for six yards with a pass and then two yards with a pass and then it's incomplete and they punt the ball away. But it just showed that they could gouge us. And the person that they went after on all of those passes was Ballantyne. Um, they went against Ballantyne and Ford and it seemed to pay off. So our offense comes out. We couldn't get out and go and we were stuffed for five yards. Uh, Jonesy runs for nine yards. We'd still th- third and six. So we let the thing fade away and we hit halftime. So we win at halftime. The score is 17-13. You know, the game is unfortunately kind of doomed at this point. Um, the offense comes out. Uh, Nixon rips off a 49-yard return, which is brilliant. It puts the uh, offense in great field position. We pick up some nice enough stuff. You know, we've a pass to Jones there for 12 yards. We've a pass to Jones again for seven yards, but the rest of it's kind of small enough stuff. Carlson kicks over the 31-yard uh, field goal, and we bring it um, to within one point, 17-16 Steelers. So the defense comes out again. And we do quite well. Uh, they rip off two runs. They only get seven yards between the two of them. They try a pass. It's incomplete. Another pass. Uh, it only goes for seven yards, but they'd already committed a penalty anyway. So they have to punt the ball away. So our offense comes out. Um, and again, this is where two plays, and this is the Vince Lombardi thing. There's two plays in this drive that were absolutely mind-blowing. It'd be brilliant. Um, we had the pass play to Dobbs uh, for 20 yards. He was absolutely wide open. Uh, we had a pass to Watson, which fell incomplete, and it was just massively inaccurate. And then the very next play, it's third and seven, and the pass goes to Musgrave for 36 yards, uh, which is incredible. But look, it wasn't enough. Again, it was frustrating because it was third and three, and Musgrave come up with the catch, um, and he he the ball gets popped out at the very end, and it would have been close to, I believe, first and goal. Uh, but look, the Packers get the field goal there. It's 19-17, the first time that we lead in this game. And obviously it just ends up as not enough. Uh, but look, the defense come out and we give up a pass play of 28 yards. And then after that, we do a good job to kind of shut them down. Um, it's a two-yard run, a five-yard run. And Slayton's name, TJ Slayton, is all over this game. And McDuffie's name is all over this game. Um, so it's third and three. Uh, the pass goes to Warren and uh, Devondre Campbell comes up with a brilliant pass deflection. And this was by no means a gimme uh, for the Steelers. Boswell comes out. It's a 49-yarder and he ends up kicking it over for a field goal. Um, it's on the next offensive possession, I think that was... And you can see kind of as we go, it's just a little nail in the coffin stuff. Um, and that pretty much happens in every other... Um, offensive possession that we have there's kind of something that happens that kind of puts the nail in the coffin so in this one it was 
you know, Dylan goes for a four yard run, it's an incomplete pass, it's a pass to read for four yards. So we have a penalty uh, on Tom, but it's uh, because he wasn't aligned in the backfield. The third quarter ends, it's third and 11, and we go for a fantastically designed trick play. It's a pass to Wicks, and then he passes it back to Jones, but Jones drops it, and we end up giving the ball away. Now, they end up going for deep shots and all that kind of jazz to end it, but not in the meantime, they gouges for 24 yards. But look, it ends in a punt, no harm, no foul. Um, it comes to us, and it ends in a punt for us, and then it goes back to Pittsburgh. And there's a couple of big chunk plays on this defensive stand, and they end up getting the field goal, which ultimately wins them the game. Warren runs for 11 yards. Austin runs for six yards. Warren runs for four yards. Warren runs again for 20 yards. And it's all too much. And they end up getting a field goal. Um, so look, I know that there's people sort of laying the blame at, at Joe Barry. And we there was an awful lot of sort of wide open gougy runs in this. And I think there was no secret coming into this game that Pickett couldn't get anything done in the first half. So the fact that we gave up all of this to the Steelers is is bad. Uh, but look, we come out swinging. So Mosgrave goes for 28 yards of a gain. Uh, there's another pass play where Wicks goes for 32 yards, but it all comes to nothing because we ended up getting intercepted in the end zone. Um, now, I would say that, you know, coming into this game, the Steelers led the league with interceptions in the end zone. So it's a mixture of that and just a play to uh, Christian Watson. It was just never on. It was in double coverage. Now, that said, Peterson made a fantastic veteran play in the sense that he knew he wasn't going to come down with the ball himself, so he just tip-drilled it uh, to Neil, and Neil comes down with it. Um, So, it's frustrating in that regard that, you know, they come away with the interception. I know there's that narrative that he keeps trying to go to Christian Watson and it never works out. Uh, But on the next defensive stand... um, you know, we get gouged for a run by picket for 11 yards. And that's the one I was talking about where Owens, uh, Jonathan Owens, is just completely oblivious on that play. Um, he has his back to the play. He's running. I know he's covering a man, but he just doesn't turn around and try stop that from happening. And they end up getting the first and 10, which just runs more time off the clock. Um, Air offense come out and just an incredible play from Jordan Love. 46 yards to read while he was falling over. It was an, uh, sort of an Aaron Rodgers special. But again, the miss, missed PAT from the beginning and the brain fart moments from our defense by not shoring stuff up and giving away too much time. Um, It's a pass to Jones for zero yards and he should have just went out of bounds and he didn't. Uh, Love finds himself running for seven yards um, it's an incomplete pass. He hits Dylan for 11 yards of a pass. They could up and spike the ball and then the game ends with an interception. We were at the 16-yard line for the Steelers. Now, they asked um, Matt LaFleur kind of what was that? What were you thinking about that play at the end? And he said, look, we practice it all the time. It's a good defense. They just didn't bite. Now, it was disappointing. But I think it's like when a plane goes down. It's never that the wing falls off. It's that loads of different things happen that sort of contribute to it. And from the time of that missed extra point, it's little things like that. You just, you can't let that happen on special teams. You can't kick the ball out of bounds and bring it back to the 40-yard line, especially when you're getting gouged on the run. Uh, Because, you know, it's that bend but don't break defense that you're depending on when you know they're not going to pass it a lot. So you need to make them go the whole field. You need them to get the run down the clock and you need to send them away with a field goal at best. But when they're starting on their own 40-yard line, there's nothing you can do. 
Jonesy running off time at the clock at the end wasn't good enough. Uh, Watson dropping a bobble pass wasn't good enough. Musgrave dropping a pass wasn't good enough. There was passes the other wide receivers that have detailed where it was a catchable ball. Not perfect, but definitely catchable. That didn't help. The refs with that dodgy call didn't help. But I think what this game comes down to really is, is that could we score in the first half? And the answer was a resounding yes. Could we pick up large chunk plays in the pass game? The answer to that was yes. Could we break off a run in the run game? We did that as well. Um, in fact, we did it with AJ Dillon, of all people, which was fantastic. Uh, could we bring Musgrave into the game more? And we did that. You know, so it's very positive. It's good old healthy football, if you ask me. Uh, there's some good defense, some bad defense. There's some good chunk plays on offense, some bad stuff. It's exciting. The game doesn't feel like we're just despairing. Uh, it sort of feels like we're in with a chance. And I know it's bad when you lose a game um, at the end like this. But look... It is what it is. Um, and I think that, um, you know, it's not all lost. And I still wanted your opinions. And I still wanted you to tell me exactly how you felt about it. So I'm going to read your opinions out now. And there's some really good points in here. So Dave B says, I know it's a loss, but you can't help but enjoy that last drive. Real offensive improvement there today. And I'd much rather go, uh, love go down swinging. Uh, no blocked extra point and we were into overtime after love driving us down the field. And there's lots to like. Exactly. The thing is, is that he kept us in the game. And if it wasn't for sort of veteran mistakes, um, you know, we would have been into overtime and God knows what could happen there. Uh, Damo says, never happy to lose, but much better offensively today. I think J-Love looked better than the stats are going to show. Reed is clutch. It was never going to be perfect but this year, but I'm just happy we are starting to see some progress now. Don McIntyre, too many drops, too many fails in rush defence. Horrendous call by the officials, but a lot uh, did work on offence. Still an L, but I'm almost inclined to say that that was an improvement in a number of ways. Musgrave heading in the right direction. Uh, Deagle Martin, run D was embarrassing. Offensive showing, positive signs. There's no value in keeping Joe Barry on at this stage. I'd pull the trigger now. It's going to happen in the offseason regardless. Uh, Kathy uh, Wachowski. Uh, for my money, Jaden Reed is a better receiver than Watson at this point. That may change, but Reed is getting better and Watson is not. Add to that the fact that most of the defensive coaching sucks when the players constantly miss tackles and get run over by mediocre backs. Gary Brackey, I'm not down about the defeat because you uh, draft. Seriously, though, while Steelers aren't elite opposition, it was good to see our young team were always in the game. And what appears to be a team that is gelling together uh, when the odds are stacked against them bodes well for 2024. Uh, Nathan James, officials didn't help. Drop passes, still hurting. Offense improving, which I guess is the important thing. Love did well. Two picks didn't reflect his game. Watson has to be better on contested catches, as good as a play it was by Peterson. Yeah, look, I mean, the trend is coming out, right? It's it's good offensive shoots. I would just say this... Um, and not so much about your comment, Damo, on, on Joe Barry, because I think he probably is a dead man walking at this stage when it comes to his job in Green Bay. And I think time and again, he's kind of shown, um, you know, that he's been deficient in ways. Although, you know, how much can you put down missed tackles onto Joe Barry? Um, but there was a time where Devondre Campbell uh, was on certain people, or there was one where McDuffie, uh, was on a receiver, but he actually came down and made a great play on the ball. So there are some times where it seems like a mismatch and they, the other offense seemed to key in on it and it's fine. The one thing that I can't really stand and bear uh, is the calling for LaFleur's head. And not as a homer, right? Because um, I always 
Tall LaFleur kind of had his head screwed on, right? And, you know, all of these struggles obviously make everyone question themselves. But there was a really good interview that came out from uh, Pete Bukowski with Locked On Packers. And I don't listen to the podcast, um, but he put it out as a video with Jay Sternberger. And Sternberger was talking about the difference between the offense in Green Bay versus elsewhere. And he was saying that it's completely night and day is that when he was with Green Bay, um, they'd make them study the playbook and they'd give them a quiz. And if he had to tell them what play he was supposed to run, not only would he tell them what play he was supposed to run, but he'd have to give two or three coaching points. And he'd have to say stuff like, well, you know, I'm I'm running this wheel route and I'm doing it because of X, Y, and Z. And it wouldn't be just enough that he just does it. Whereas he said when he went elsewhere, they would say, just do this. And if this happens, do that. But they wouldn't tell him why he did it. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't still have the reasons why. And of course, the cynics out there will say, well, you don't want to overload the young offensive guys with too much knowledge. But it just shows me that Matt LaFleur has an absolute handle on how each play should go and how he's drawing it up and why. And it just goes to show that his scheme is good. And he turned around in his press conference and he said that, I believe if we stick with what we're doing, it will come good. And we have to believe in that. And I think that is the case. Because out of the six wins that the or six losses that the Packers have had right now, I believe four of them are less than four points. So to say that this is a super young squad, um, to say that they don't really have a veteran to lean on, they would have had Aaron Jones, who was actually part of the problem this week. And I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion because I, I love Aaron Jones' play and I think he's the most important Packer. But it just a couple of plays today just didn't pan out and that's fine, that happens. Um, and they didn't have him with the hamstring injury. But there's no sort of seasoned veteran for Jordan Love to lean on. And I think the fact that Lafleur is after getting what he has got out of this team. And of course, there's people out there who've been watching the game since the 60s who are going to be rolling their eyes saying I'm full of shite, right? But I just think that Lafleur has so much potential and we just need to give him time. And the fact that he's kept us close in these games, you know, when we had no right to be sometimes, I think is a credit to him. Now, there's been times where he's called a crap game at the start or he hasn't adjusted or he's called the wrong play call or whatever. But there was a couple of times, like there was a fourth down in this game that he called and showed that he had absolute balls of steel and he trusted Love to make the play. Look, at the end of the day, right, this is this year is basically a trial year. We're going to have a lot of losses um, and the young players need to see it. Sometimes, the, and I've, apologies if I said this before, um, but I tell my sons this all the time. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you is that you do too well when you start something. Because you you start it, and you can really see this confidence in kids, is that they try kick a ball, and they put a top ins, and then they will tell you straight, looking you deep in the eyes, is that I'm, Dad, I'm unbelievable at this. You know, you don't need to teach me anything now. Do you see what I just did? And that's the worst thing that can happen. This team needs adversity. It needs to come back from it, but they need to believe in each other. Now, that goes at odds with LaFleur kind of banging Aaron Jones under the bus a couple of times in that post-game presser. And I hope that that doesn't impact the morale. Uh, but maybe it takes calling out a veteran player when he makes mistakes so that you can bollock the young players out of it. I'm not sure. But it's very unlike LaFleur because he always says that we need to do a better job. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Aaron Jones is a class act. And I think if there's any player that can take that burden on his shoulders, I think it's going to be him and he can come back stronger. But look... um. 
there's so many there's a lot of comments on that and it's a great trade to go on to go to twitter.com or x.com whatever it is um, and go to that and read down through the comments there's some really positive stuff there um, but look continue to let me know how you feel about it and how you feel about this game after sitting on it after listening to this podcast and jump on and add to that thread um, and if I can get around to it then I'd like to reply to some retweet a couple of things as well uh, but look the Patreon is going strong uh, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers we gave away another load of prizes and you also have a chance to win an all expenses paid trip to Lambeau Field and you best believe that the football next year should be an awful lot better um, even though it's heart attack pack and exciting stuff now so if you want to get involved go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and get in on the goal rouse tier and every single month you're in with a chance to win uh, a couple of things right so two main things one is there's two prizes two high-end expensive prizes to give away and one guaranteed prize to go out to somebody who has been on patreon for a while but hasn't won because my aim is to get patreon uh signed march out to absolutely everybody who uh, participates and, and contributes honest to god it blows my mind every time um, and then also i'm giving away an all expenses paid trip to lambo field next year and for every month that you're signed up to patreon is every month you're put into a draw to get that golden ticket and i draw out 10 names and put that in the draw and callum Carrison is the guy who won that trip uh, this year and he had an absolute blast but look there's a lot of positives from this game I'll be back to preview the game on Quick Snapause for your big because later in the week. Uh, but look, follow us on Instagram, uh, get on the Facebook group, and also there's a Discord there that acts as a great forum to f- for people to jump into. It's a loss, and it's going to be Misery Monday, uh, but I think there's a bit of a silver lining there. But anyway, it's uh, green and gold till the day I die, all that sort of overdramatic stuff. It's go, pack, go, and talk to you in a couple of days.